We're walking through 2 Corinthians chapter 8 this week, which is all about how you and I become more generous people. This is day three, verses six to nine today. We've talked about how you and I, if we're gonna be generous, have to learn to give, number one, regardless of the circumstances. Number two, give beyond your abilities. Number three, you see giving as a privilege. Number four, first, you give yourself to the Lord. Although it's the fourth thing he says is the first thing we should always do is you give yourself to the Lord. And there's a fifth principle as we walk through this chapter. If you wanna be generous, and you gotta make a commitment, number five, to excel in giving. Commit to excel, to become excellent in giving. Listen to verses six and seven. So we urge Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. This word excel, parasebo in the Greek language, means to have an abundance, a super abundance of something, to overflow with something. That's the idea in this word, to excel. And the reminder here is that the attitude of generosity is not something that's to inhabit one small corner of our lives. It should be overflowing in our lives. The only way to be generous is to be overflowing with generous. You can't be generous some of the time you can't be generous with a little tiny part of yourself. That's not generosity. As long as you're holding all of that back, you're not being generous. Paul makes the point that to be generous, this attitude that God has given to me so I can give back to others, it has to so fill and consume me that I begin to overflow with it. And part of the excellence that he talks about here, did you pick up that phrase as he says, you, you need to complete this act of grace on your part. I love that phrase. Completing an act of of grace. Generous people are follow-through people. Because they follow through, they complete the act of grace. In just about any sport, follow-through is all important. It determines how far the ball will go, how straight it will roll, how close to the hole it'll come. The Corinthians' generous promises had not yet resulted in generous actions. They needed to complete the act of grace. They needed to finish the swing. They needed to finish the follow-through. They had a problem with follow-through. Now, why the delay? You can read all about it in 1 Corinthians. You could read about it in the first part of 2 Corinthians. They had spiritual problems in the church. They were struggling in their relationship with God and with each other. And anytime you struggle in your relationships with God or with others, you're gonna struggle to be generous. You gotta get that right. First, you give yourself to the Lord. Then you give yourself to others. And then you're able to be generous. Excellence is completing this act of grace. Excel in giving. Overflow with it in your life. You give with excellence. There's a sixth principle. This sixth principle really tells us how to give with excellence. It says in the scriptures, verses eight and nine, I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. The sixth thing you do is you give gratefully. You give based on the example of Jesus and what he's done for you. It's the gift of Christ that motivates us to complete our intentions in the face of our own selfishness. Notice it says here, he became poor. That's Christmas. That's Easter. He became poor. He gave up the glories of heaven to be born in a barn, to be laid in a cow's feeding trough. Philippians chapter 4 says Jesus emptied himself to become a man. He gave up so much. He became poor. 
That's Easter. That's the cross of Christ. That's, a, that's what he did at Easter for us. He gave his life for us on the cross. He humbled himself to that extent. He sacrificed to give. He sacrificed it all, more than we realize by coming to this earth. All giving involves sacrifice. That's the essence of giving. And Jesus is our example in what he gave up for us to come to this earth, in what he gave up for us on the cross. You ever have a wonderful idea, a wonderful thought, but you never did anything about it? I sure have. You maybe sometimes even have started but not finished in a great intention. I've done the same thing. And there can be a lot of reasons for that, but one of the things I have to admit in my own life is that my own selfishness often comes between me and my best intentions. And sometimes that selfishness, it's obvious. I, I get angry, you get angry because you wanted something, you're not getting it, and so you stop giving to somebody else and you start getting for yourself. Sometimes it's very obvious, that selfishness, but most of the time it isn't. More often it's hidden. We just get too busy. We don't get angry. We just get too busy with our own things. We get too overextended in our own finances. We didn't really mean to. Just little by little we did. And all of a sudden, I don't have enough time to give to you. I'm sorry. I don't have enough money to give to the Lord. I'm sorry. I really want to. Well, the reason we got in that place that we don't have enough time, we don't have enough money, if you look back, is a thousand little selfish decisions. I wanted what I wanted. And so I didn't make a sacrifice that would have allowed me to give. Paul talks in these verses about how you begin to think in a different way in this world. Because the whole world around us is selfish. They want what they want when they want it. How do you begin to think in a different way? You compare yourself to the earnestness of Jesus Christ and what he did. It's the grace of Jesus that empowers your grace in giving. If you want to be a gracious giver, it has to start with the grace of Jesus. It can't start anywhere else. What he has done for you, what he is doing in your life. It's the sacrifice of Jesus that empowers your sacrifice in giving. Now, sometimes we can look at another person and their example, their sacrifice, and it can be encouraging to us, but it doesn't really empower us, not for a lifetime. Because for every person that you can find that made a sacrifice and it encourages you, you can find someone else that maybe you're making a better sacrifice than they are, and you think, oh, I'm giving more than enough already. It's only in the sacrifice of Jesus that we get everything right. You see, when the Bible here says we're to compare our giving to to understand how to give in an earnest way, I believe it means we all begin by comparing our giving to what Jesus gave for us. I'm not supposed to compare with you and you with me and we all get our checkbooks out and see how we're doing. We all get our QuickBooks out and see how we're doing. No, I'm supposed to compare to Jesus and what he gave for me. You're supposed to compare to Jesus what he gave for you. And in that, we're gonna be motivated to sacrifice. The grace of Jesus empowers your grace in giving. The sacrifice of Jesus empowers your sacrifice in giving. Your gratefulness to Jesus breaks through your natural selfishness and it empowers your giving to others. Now, let's just be honest. Our willingness to give is often the place where the sincerity of our love is tested. Paul talks about the sincerity of your love in these verses. As long as it's just in my mind that I love you, I can tell myself I love you all day long. But when I'm challenged to give, to give my money, to give my time, to give a sacrifice, that's when it's tested. No longer is it now a matter of emotion or speeches or nice sentimental thoughts. It becomes a matter of choice. It becomes a matter of action. Will I make a sacrifice in order to love you? Will I make a sacrifice in order to meet somebody else's need? Will I make a sacrifice in order to give to the body of Christ so the body of Christ can be lifted up in this world? What choice am I going to make? If I'm going to make the choice to sacrifice, I found in my life, and I encourage you in your life, it only comes by looking at the sacrifice of Jesus and what he's done for us. 
So let's look at it. Let's be grateful together for it right now. Jesus, we turn to you right now. And just personally, we want to tell you how grateful we are. Grateful for what you gave up for us to come to this earth. Grateful for what you gave for us on the cross. You gave your life. You gave your blood. Thank you, Jesus, for what you gave for us. And thank you for what you're giving to us now. The fact that you gave yourself on the cross, Romans 8 reminds us, means that you're willing to give to us every day through our lives to meet the daily needs of our lives. Thank you for what you're giving to us. And let that be the motivation, I pray, for my giving. Not some comparison with somebody else, not some guilt about giving or not giving, not, not anything but my love for you and the fact that I know that depth of love that you have for me. Let that motivate the giving in my life, I pray. Thank you for what you gave and are giving for me. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look at how to give expectantly. <laughs>